is, is that uh, in some communities, poor communities, poor minority communities in particular, the uh, reality of incarceration is a reality of life. An African-American male today growing up uh, has a 29% lifetime chance of serving at least a year in prison. And in some communities, on some neighborhoods, it's you know, 60, 70%. Peace and welcome, everybody, to another edition of Live from the Plantation. Uh, I'm Kinetic Justice Amon. I'll be one of your hosts tonight, uh, as we do as we always do, give it to you raw and uncut and directly from the source. Uh, You don't have to get a third-person version of what's going on on the plantation. Uh, We live every Thursday night at 7 o'clock right here, live from the plantation. One of these plantations near you, possibly. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the state of Alabama uh, these last few weeks. Uh, I know it's a lot of uh, stirring around about the DOJ report and the fact that they, fi- they finally filed a lawsuit. And, you know, we had earlier in, the, uh, in this month, as well as last month, we had made issue about uh, the reports coming from the DOJ and the things that was revealed in the report and the lack of accountability the lack of a consequence uh, behind uh, all these things that were discovered that were going on inside of the Alabama Department of Corrections. And a lot of people were in an uproar, and there was a lot of noise being made inside as well as outside about the call for the DOJ uh, to do something or somebody to do something. In fact, uh, we went to the extreme uh, of calling for a 30-day economical blackout of the entire ADOC uh, work strike and boycott in order to bring uh, maximum exposure and attention uh, to the conditions uh, that the brothers and sisters in the state of Alabama are having to endure. Uh, So we're making a little progress on that uh, front, and we'll discuss that a little bit more in detail tonight about uh, the federal lawsuit and what it could possibly mean uh, for love, your loved ones on the inside as as well for brothers and sisters that's on the plantation. We'll discuss uh, some of those things a little later. Uh, we'll get off into a little bit more of the 30-day economical blackout, um, try to give a little more update and info on that. Uh, we'll try to get an update from the Abolitionist Network on the progress of, of the move to uh, amend the 13th Amendment uh, on a national level as well as on a state level. Uh, we have quite a few things tonight in this show that we want to touch off into, but we're going to highlight a feature story tonight. Uh, we have a special guest coming on that. Uh, will be the voice uh, for her family. As uh, I don't know if a lot of you, uh, the listeners, are familiar uh, with this particular situation, but it's a situation that we're seeing play out all across the country over and over, and that's the police uh, being over-aggressive in these situations and not really knowing how to handle situations and making situations worse than they were. And a lot of times, at the end, our loved ones are dead, and the police are being um, exonerated, you know, given rewards or being made heroes um, for killing our loved ones. And, you know, there's a lot of protests across the country uh, ever since the George Floyd killing. There have been uh, multiple protests uh, across this country. Uh, some have been peaceful and some have been not so peaceful. Uh, but it's at the boiling point, and people are getting tired. People are sick and tired of watching it happen over and over on TV. Uh, But can you imagine when it 
hits home when it's actually one of your loved ones uh, that's on the the ugly end of an interaction with the police. Um, tonight we have uh, a lady by the name of Tiffany who's representing the Raglan family, uh, and she would talk a little bit about her loved one uh, that was killed here in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, by a police officer. And, you know, it's tragic any time that someone loses a loved one. That's a tragic thing, and that's a hurtful thing, and so forth, under, under normal circumstances. But I can't, I can't even begin to imagine the anger, the frustration on top of the hurt that I would feel uh, if my tax dollars was going to a police department that was supposed to serve and protect, and they had killed my loved one. Uh, I just, I don't know how I would, would feel. I don't know how I would act. I can assume and I could say this and say that, but the reality is I wouldn't know for real until it happened to me. And God forbid that it did. I don't want it to happen to me. And I don't want it to happen to anyone else and their loved ones. Uh, so, you know, hopefully tonight we can get into to the story of the Raglan family and their pain and their situation. And, you know, maybe we can get a little clarity, a little understanding, and we can begin the process of growing and healing. Uh, so we can come together as a community and put an end to this uh, police violence, uh, this police brutality, uh, this straight-up police murder. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take all of us in the community. We're going to have to come together and get on the same page and address these issues. Uh, but with that being said, um, I'll go kick right off into the show. And uh, tonight, like I said, we're gonna first we're going to jump off into uh, – to the Raglan story. And with that being said, I'll introduce uh, my special guest, uh, Tiffany. Uh, if you're still with me, welcome into the host queue. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Again, my name is um, Tiffany Ragland, and I'm the sister of Crystal Ragland. Um, and uh, like he said, that uh, I, I'm, I couldn't have imagined that, you know, waking up to one of my loved ones gone, especially by a police officer, someone who's supposed to serve and protect. Um, and I, I only thought that it would be something that will always be so far or something that I'll watch in a movie or, you know, never imagined that this is a two-story. I wake up, and, of course, we are 2020. We're all on social media to look on social media to see that, a woman was dead and I just die passed it until, and I started getting messages that rest in peace to my sister. And then when I went deep into it to know that it was my sister killed by Huntsville police. So the story is that morning, that's what happened. I scrolled on Facebook and um, I reached out to, um, it was saying it happened at her apartment complex, it stayed in my apartment. I reached out and said, you know, do you know how you just do a welfare check? Something happens in the area, make sure your family's okay. And I'm confident that, oh, let me just make sure. And I'm confident that, you know, oh, she's, she's okay. But I got the other answer, like, hey, yeah, we need you to come down so we can talk to you. Um, this So the story was that she, my sister, was outside waving a gun on neighbors. Um that's what the, that's what the story was, but then it then turned by the police chief that they came and knocked on her door and she was in the home and that she had a gun in her home. 
and within 60 or 30 seconds that they had to shoot and kill her because she was telling them to shoot her. Um, um, mm-hmm. You okay? I'm, I'm okay. Um, okay. Take your time. Um, we, we, take your time. So they came to her apartment, and that was their reason to shoot her was because she told them to shoot her. Well, that was my understanding because that's what they said. Um, to this day, we don't know if she had a gun or not. Um, we are pursuing legal actions to towards Council Police, the city, um, We spoke to a lot of witnesses that were that a lot of witnesses that and neighbors to get their story, you know, because we wasn't there, and I wish I was there. Um, maybe the story would have ended differently, but doesn't line up with the police story. And um, I guess all I can say at this point is what we need for y'all to do. We need thank y'all again for this platform just continue to share her story. I know I was probably spotty with the story, but you can research her name, Crystal Ragland. I'm pretty sure it's numerous articles on the web, on Google, wherever you search it, you're going to find it. But just know that those stories that you're reading are not true. Um, where her family is on Facebook. If you have any questions, you want to know more about Crystal, um, we're, we're more than welcome to let you know, put you, let you know the inside, the true story, the raw feelings uh, about her. Uh, and just to speak on Crystal and just not on her death, Crystal was a very happy person. She loved to dance. Um, she was a giving person and I know people, when they say speak on your sister, we give these, um, what is it called, these fantasy stories, but this is the truth. Like, she was a light. <laughs> she was a light in our family. She was a light and when it came to her friends. Um, it was never a dull moment. And when I say dull moment, I mean, like, never one. It was because her positivity, it, it, it rubbed off on you. And so, um, again, like you said, I would never imagine this. I don't wish this on nobody. Um, I wish we could get on top of this to get police brutality to some point where it were not having to continuously, us black people continuously go through the same things over and over again. But what I would like for y'all to do, for those of you listening, please continue to share her story. Um, if you like, you can donate to Justice for Crystal Raglan. Um, go find me. We also have a link tree. It says uh, a link tree as well where we're selling sweatshirts, T-shirts, wristbands, um, just so we can go ahead and take the take it back for us because we're ready to put a stop to it. Thank y'all. We thank we thank you, Tiffany. And I'm talking. About, I know that's got to be a a hard story to tell. Um, to lose someone that close to you, 
Um, but we definitely appreciate you for, for your courage and coming forth and, you know, speaking truth to power, uh, not letting Crystal's story get swept up under the rug, but making sure that it stays in the forefront of the conversation until, you know, there is some kind of closure for the family, some kind of true understanding of what actually took place. You know what I'm saying? There's so much right. misinformation when you deal with the police. So we just, you know, I thank, I thank you personally. I thank you, and and I can tell you personally, us at Free Alabama Movement, uh, we 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 will commit ourselves to help you uh, keep her story relevant and keep uh, people talking about Crystal Raglan until we get some answers and, and try to bring some closure uh, to the Raglan family. Um, but if there's any um, way that we can help. Uh, in any other way, please feel free to contact us. And once again, for those who are listening, um, could you give us any kind of contact information when anybody wants to learn more about Crystal's story or the Raglan family's trial and how they can get in touch uh, and link up? Uh, if you don't mind, you can give it to um, them one more time. Yes, um, you can follow um I guess you can follow me or one of my family members. I'm not sure if you know us personally, but my name is Tiffany Ragland. I'm on Facebook. If you want to know, learn more of her story, you can look me up, Tiffany Raglan. It's a yellow dot. That's my sister's favorite color. If you see any yellow dot on Facebook, that's a supporter of Crystal. So um, just reach out. I'm pretty sure everyone that has a yellow dot knows a lot about Crystal. Um, inboxes will get you to, it's like if you want to donate. Again, it's Justice for Crystal Raglan. Go fund me. Um, the link tree. Um, I don't know the link by heart, but um, if you reach out to me, I would definitely get that um, sent to you so you can get a sweatshirt, T-shirts, and wristbands. But Tiffany Raglan Facebook or Miss Tiff 822 at Gmail. Or you can just, if you like, you can cash out Be Spotted Now, um, $20, and just let that, just put in a note, T-shirt, size, and address. We'll get that sent out to you. All right, we thank once again. We appreciate you and uh, thank you, uh, Tiffany, for sharing it. Um, I know we spoke earlier, and I know there's some legal issues going on with this, and there's a lot of things that probably can't be talked about, and probably right now at this juncture shouldn't be talked about. But I just wanted to make clear that uh, the family is pushing forward with legal action, um, trying to get uh, some understanding about what actually happen to their loved one. And if anybody who is listening um, in any kind of way can aid and assist in trying to help the family uh, with legal assistance and trying to get answers or with donations and trying to help fund uh, the, the pursuit of justice, uh, please, please link up uh, with Tiffany Raglan or, or get in touch with us after the show and we'll be able to try to link you up with Tiffany and the family so that you can aid and assist or, you know, whatever it is that you want to contribute uh, to their fight uh, to seek justice for their loved ones. Because as we, you know, as we have watched this play out numerous times across the country, um, we're not getting justice. Um, and we're not going to get justice uh, just expecting the system to do right by us or to check itself. Right we're going to have to come together as a community and we're going to have to, you know, begin to map out uh, some type of oversight committee that 
we are watching those who are supposed to be protecting and serving us. Um, it's sad, but it's true that uh, these people who take on these jobs as police officers, granted, you know, they, it may be a very, very dangerous job. And you know that before you sign up. You know it's a dangerous job before you sign up. You know it's a stressful job before you sign up. You know all those things. So you should be properly uh, equipped and eligible to deal with these things, being that you know that that's the case. But a lot of times that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing um, people who have uh, anger issues or people who have self-esteem issues or people who've been picked on or, you know, whatever it is they have these little man complexes or whatever it is that once they get these uniforms on and get a gun on their side that they transform into a completely entirely different person. And in those situations where it takes tact and it takes skill, uh, they're lacking it, and it's showing by their reaction uh, to dealing with, with, with people in crisis situations. And they're not trained, they're not equipped, and they're not um, – really prepared to even deal with these type of jobs yet. Uh, they're on the streets and daily they're killing innocent people. And the excuse that's being given to us for exonerating them is it's a stressful job. They have to make hair-triggered decisions. They don't have the luxury of analyzing this and analyzing that. And it's a bunch of foolishness uh, because there's no way that um, – this should be still going on uh, this late in the game. I'm talking about we've seen it year after year after year, video after video after video, story after story after story, family after family after family, protest after protest after protest. And it's like we're in a cycle, never-ending cycle. And and it's just my personal opinion. You know what I'm saying? I don't speak for the world, and I can't speak for other people, but um, it's just my opinion that as a community, we have to come together and start policing the police. If we want this foolishness to stop, then we're going to have to come together as a community and stop it. That's what we're going to have to do. Um, but, yeah, it's just a sad situation. But, once again, I, I thank you, Tiffany, for coming on and sharing your story. And you. and I pray I pray that you and your family uh, get the justice that you are seeking. And I extend my condolences to your family. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you. That, that's, that's no problem. As I told you earlier, it's a platform that we extend to the voiceless. This is the voice of the voiceless. Uh, mainstream media and a lot of other alternative media people uh, don't allow us the opportunity to speak our piece from our perspective without their scripts and their, their sound bites. Uh, but this is live from the plantation. It's raw and it's uncut. And, you know, we try to give it to you directly from the source. Um, and that's what we're doing here tonight. And once again, I, I thank you, Tiffany, for coming on. And I, I intend to uh, link up with you after the show and to try to uh, get a better understanding of how uh, we can help um, the Ragland family pursue justice uh, behind this tragic and horrific incident where Y'all lost a loved one. Hey, Brother Kinetic. Yes, sir, man. Just want, just want to let you know that all the links that were mentioned are available on Abolition Today on Facebook. Okay, that's fantastic. Fantastic. See how it works over here, Tiffany. It Thank works. you so much. <laughs> we appreciate if you I for having the courage. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You may. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I can interject. I'm Brandy. Um, Brandy Robinson. I'm Tiffany Crystal and the whole Raglan clan sister. Um, The -hmm. website is www.justiceforcrystalraglan. And with that website, you can link to the link tree if you want to donate. And also, we have all the T-shirts that we're using as fundraising for um, Crystal's um, Legal Action Fund. Um, there as well um, And again Tiffany you, you, you did great um, I I just Want to say that it's not easy You know just even coming Into different platforms to even Discuss Crystal um, Because like you said I mean it happens you know it, it's happening A lot for us it's basically Groundhog's Day You know um, it, it, the, the, the day Never changes for us the date may changes change but the day never changes for us and so um, we appreciate platforms like you guys who are willing to allow us to come on and share our part and not um, you know and not skew the story um, because mainstream media you know that they, they tend to stick to whatever um, it is that the police have put out there. And what we do know, and I can speak for myself, is that I've seen the body cam footage, and I can tell you um, that that what was stated, you know, by Lieutenant Michael Johnson the day that it happened was not accurate, you know, whatsoever at all. So we are in pursuit of justice. And something that we need from you guys is just the support because, you know, a lot of times we feel like we're alone. You know, we, we feel alone. We feel like we're on an island. You know, we feel like people have forgotten, you know, and it's a luxury. You know, it's a privilege to be able to forget, but but we can't. So we appreciate you guys, you know, speaking Crystal's name and helping to shed light and sharing her story with others so that we can, you know, educate people on who Crystal was, you know, because a lot of people don't know her story. So thank you. That's that's wonderful. I'm sorry. I, I definitely appreciate you coming on <clears throat> coming on, Brandon, to accentuate what Tiffany said because there's not a lot of people who are bold enough or courageous enough to come forth and, and, and tell their story because the police will intimidate uh people into having a different version than the official storyline. And, you know, just like you said, the mainstream media, um, you know, they're part of the machine and they're gonna run the storyline uh of what uh, the officers are saying, um, but it's wonderful. It's wonderful to have uh, people like you and Tiffany that are bold and courageous enough to step forth and speak truth to power and not be intimidated uh, by the powers that be. And in the fight, none stop to hold the Huntsville Police Department accountable um, because if you and your family let up then they'll wiggle free and, you know, it'll be another family going through the same situation. And, you know, a lot of people get caught in these type situations and, and they allow the police to demonize their loved one and they buy, they buy into it that he shouldn't have did this or he should have did that or if he, and they, they feed off into the storyline and not realizing that there's a version to this story that's not being told and that's from the perspective of the loved one. Um, who's been killed here, and they can't speak for themselves. So it's really, really important for family members to get involved and learn everything they can about what really happened 
and begin to give a voice to that, expose the truth, put the truth out there. Um, and you know, I just I just congratulate you and your sister and your family uh, for the courage that you got. And yes, sir. I wanted to um I wanted to add um to Sister Robinson and also uh, Sister Ragland and to the whole Ragland family and whatnot. She said um she want to thank us for allowing she want to thank us for allowing them to come on and tell their story on our platform. We also want to thank you all for for coming on to our platform. And I wanted to add that you know your story is our story. You know what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of us who are incarcerated, we're victims of police violence also. You know, we're the ones that survive these things. So we know when we, we do experience, you know what I'm saying, that when we get in the courtroom, they go to line. They say the, the weapon was here or the drugs was here or, or we saw them do this and that. We already know uh, what type of monster we're dealing with when it comes to these people. And so when it comes to these type of circumstances, we don't believe them anyway. You know what I'm saying? We cannot afford to believe them because to to believe them is to give credibility to the institution, uh, to give credibility to the people who wear these uniforms, and that will be unwarranted credibility because these people, you know, we've been terrorized by police, especially black men. You know, we've been terrorized by the police our whole life, so we know what they're capable of. It's unfortunate that, that you all have to suffer this loss in this way. And then to have to go on this type of journey and fight for justice. So, like like Kennedy said, make no doubt about it. We'll we'll always uh, keep this story up. We'll always be in touch with you all. Um, I have a relative up there, brother Kobina Bantashango. I know he's been in touch with you all before. But yeah. we want to keep y'all. Yeah, we want to like when we get involved and start doing things around. And we want y'all to come out. You know what I'm saying? Bring your information. Bring your T-shirts. Um, we we hosted an event up there in Huntsville uh, this past uh, August. You know what I'm saying? That would have been a good opportunity. But we got other events coming up. We have other things going on, and certainly y'all are welcome. And when we go to Montgomery, we have an event coming up in Montgomery uh, the first quarter of next year. We would like for y'all to come on. But the, the, I wanted to express that, you know what I'm saying, our gratitude to you all because most people, they don't want to come on the platform that if, if they can't get on – 48 news or they don't want to get on these alternate alternative platforms so we appreciate you all also so i just wanted to add those things and also um i don't know if you all have sat down and and put any kind of like filming together uh we have a person that's part of our team they do filming and so we would like to get we would like to offer that to you all we, i could get in contact with them we can get in touch with y'all after the show if, if you all are interested, because that's a part of the way that people consume information. So we have to put the story out there. Now, all of the different ways that people consume it to just kind of help boost getting the story out. So I just wanted to make sure I expressed that be, um, um, before you all got off the show. Okay. Yes, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely, definitely connect with you. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was well, his name um, again? Which one? Um, I'm sorry, my name is Yeah. Are you talking about the uh, the brother he was talking about? Um, I get, I thought it was just one. I don't know. I didn't, was it two people? I'm sorry. Well, not what um, I'm saying. The the host the host that just was talking that's that's brother Benu, but he said something about brother Cobina that had already yeah, encountered have, you. Yeah. Okay. I know Kobina and his and his name was Bro what was his name? 
Oh, Benu, Benu, Hannibal's son. Okay. Benu. Yeah, I'm right here. My name is Benu. My name is Benu Hannibal Rossum. Okay. Yeah, I was just um, writing it down, so I won't forget it. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Well, we definitely uh, appreciate uh, the Raglan family for coming on and making us aware of what's going on. And as I said earlier, and bro, Benu, confirmed the uh, Free Alabama Movement, we have committed ourselves to help raise the name of, of Crystal Ragland and not let it be forgotten until there's some answers for the Ragland family. Uh, so once again, like I said, Brandy as well as Tiffany, we definitely appreciate y'all coming on to the platform. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, with that being said, I'm saying there's a lot of, lot of powerful uh, information and emotions involved in those type stories. And, you know, I want us to hold on to embrace that uh, because it's going to take that energy to push us to go the extra mile to get some uh, understanding and some clarity inside of these plantations as well as out in our communities with our families and our loved ones. But, you know, that's just the part that we got to deal with. We got to dig down deep and we got we to gotta come together and we got to start attacking these issues head on, face first. You know, so that's just why, that's just how we got to do it from the inside to the out. Uh, we got to be proactive. We have to stop expecting or looking for others uh, to solve our problems and to address our issues. It's time that we be the men, be the women uh, that become the change we want to see about actually getting up, getting out, and doing something, speaking out, demonstrating, protesting, boycotting. Work strike, whatever it is that you can do to contribute to dismantling uh, this police state that's being constructed around the prison, prison industrial complex, then do it. It's just writing letters, it's ringing bells, dialing numbers, filing things, whatever it is, man. Just everything you got, let's bring it to the table because um, we, had the, we had the crossroad. And right here is our opportunity to change the dynamics of our future and the future for our children and grandchildren. If we would just come together and sacrifice a little bit, then we can make a better world and a better future for our children. Well, with that, I'm going to uh, welcome my host back into the queue, Brother Benu. Uh, you know, he already had chimed in. But uh, without further ado, I open the floor to my co-host, uh, Brother Benu. Where you been? Man, you know how it is, man. We have to go through hell and high water, man, to speak the truth, man. They don't let you tell the truth easy around here in the South, you know. So um, just overcoming a few <laughs> little obstacles. <laughs> overcoming a few obstacles, man, I had to be here, you know. So um, and then I wanted to make sure I caught up uh, on the story again. I wanted to hear from the family because I hadn't heard from them. I had been following the story um, since the beginning, you know what I'm saying. I found out later on in life that my grandfather is a ragman, and so I was immediately drawn to this story. I had never uh, met him as a child. I met him later on in life, so I have a whole side of my family that I don't even know, you know, and so I just wanted to come on, and then I had been in contact with my cousin. Oh, Jesus, a, this could possibly be your, uh, your family member. This possibly could be. Yeah, oh, man, I know. I didn't realize so. that. Yeah, and so uh, Cobina, like I said, he had been involved with, with, with – uh, this young lady's uh, murdered by the police, and he's also involved with the other gentleman. I think his name was Dana something. 
He was also murdered by police. Yeah, it was Dana there, you know, Fletcher. Yeah, Dana Fletcher. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And I done been brutalized by the police up there a couple of times. They done, you know, busted me up, busted my face up. And so I know exactly, you know what I'm saying? This is just, it was just, um, it was surreal to me um, just seeing this stuff. And then when I saw that you all were going to be on tonight, I just, I knew that um, I had to figure out a way to get, to get on board. So, yeah. And uh, the Huntsville police, they have a notorious history. You know, Huntsville is a, it's a city that's promoted for our technology, promoted for the Redstone Arsenal, uh, promoted for NASA, uh, promoted for all of these things that, that, that people identify themselves with. But, the undercurrent is no different than any other city. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we have a very racist prosecutor up there, uh, Robert Lee Brizard. Uh There have been so many people, young black men, who have been oversend and sentenced to death row, uh, and several of them have been executed out of Madison County. So it's a city um, in one respect that's on the rise, or it's one of the highlight cities of this country. But on the other side, it's no different than every other city uh, when it comes to black people and institutional racism. Uh, police violence, uh, the media uh, is skewed towards the, the, the state, and it's very hard for, for people like the Ragnar family to get stories out like this, and it's so hard to get people held accountable. You know, we had a gentleman, his name is Ken Ken, and a long time ago, he was being chased by the police, and then they showed the video. The police had called him. He was standing up. He was handcuffed behind his back, and while he's standing there, one of the police who chased him just ran up on camera and just punch the man in the face right there live on camera. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, you know, they, they didn't take his life, but it just showed that the culture there is the same culture. Police police are a problem everywhere. And so, you know, it's just good to see the community to rise up. It's good to see family members rise up and people not accept this stuff and people to demand accountability, to demand truth because they can, they, they know how to tell these stories. They know how to kill people and get away with it because they know the system. They know what the players in the system say. They have the police union, and they have taxpayer funds. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ms. Raglan's tax dollars are actually being used to protect the people who killed her. You know, the Raglan family's tax dollars are being used by the police force to fund their defense to these charges, and it's just not right. You know what I'm saying? And I like the thing that Ice Cube put in the uh, contract with Black America. He said police officers need to start being required to have liability insurance in order to practice the law. Because when insurance companies and other people find out that there are patterns and that there's liability and they got to keep paying out this money, they'll pull those licenses. They'll pull those licenses and that'll help. So we just got to um, continue to come together, continue to brainstorm and continue to figure out, you know, what can we do? Um, to fight back against this monster that we're up against because they're not, you know, it's, it's not an insurmountable battle, but we got to come together. And it's just like every other thing that we're doing behind these walls when we come together and fight. We got to fight together. And so, you know, um, it's, we know guys on, on the inside, they were shot by police. You know what I'm saying? They just so happened to survive. So it's all one struggle. There's no division. And we talk about it when we talk about uh, when this process started with the slave catchers, Max is always giving the history on it. Uh, we saw Colin Kaepernick give the history on it. These people, this was their job from the beginning. It's always been their job to hunt our people now. And when our people resist, they've always had a license to kill. And you can't undo hundreds of years of history in one episode or in one summer or in one season. You know what I'm saying? But you have to fight every day for that change that you're looking for. 
And so we have to we have to use the tools at our dispersion. Our platform is always open for anyone uh, who's a victim of injustice, especially by the police force or something like this right here. It goes beyond that. You know what I'm saying? You done went into our community and killed one of our one of our sisters. You know what I'm saying? And she suffered from mental health issues. You know, and the police don't care about that. And that's something they have to care about, but we have to make them care about it. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to um, very touch emotion about the story, you know, um, and just seeing just seeing the response from, from women, you know what I'm saying? And it's always the same. Our women are always on the front line. Our women always have to jump up there on the front line, and a lot of times they be by themselves, you know, and it's very that's, – that's intimidating uh, to women to be out there to have to get out there like this, but they're not scared. You know, they're not scared, and these women clearly are not scared, and they hear it. So this should be a call to action for us around the city of Huntsville. We should rally, come together, brainstorm, and figure out ways and what we can do to apply more pressure because the, the last I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I apologize if I'm asking something that's already been answered. I'm a little late, but have they I revealed who the people were that, that, that killed your um, family member yet? No, that information um, they said would not be released. Yeah, and that's 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 so unfair because, like, you know, you're gonna be in inter- when you go to the driver's license department or when you have to go downtown to courthouse, you're gonna be you have to be in close contact and interaction with the police. You know what I'm saying? There are just a lot of places. You go to the hospital. There's a police officer sitting right there behind the desk. So it's unfair. Let me say, I'm going to speak on that before we get off topic. And so, like, and exactly what you said, it is unfair because I, I live, I moved to the same end of town, not far from where my sister was murdered. So every day when I was, I work at home from home now, but when I was get off work and I go come home um, from work and I see police officers and they're driving beside me or behind me, in my mind, I'm constantly thinking, like, is this in? Is this him? And to not know, um, it's and, and it's, it's it's it causes anxiety. And sometimes I think that that's what they do it for to call, make us have mental issues, as anxiety, depression, and stuff like that. But yeah, that's not fair. And um, I don't know what to say on it. But yeah, like you said, we should know who, you know, who we're about to encounter. We should know That's if right. they're still in the same jurisdiction. I mean, she was, she was my sister, <clears throat> and they know she have a family, so we should know. You know, shouldn't be. Yeah, because, because they know who y'all I'll, are. We know they know who y'all. Right. Are. Go ahead. Right. Um, I purchased a new vehicle back in July, and I was heading to work. And you know, this of course it was early on. It hadn't even been ten days, and I was pulled over by the police. And lights trigger me. Police lights trigger me. The sirens trigger me. Like, I I didn't realize that until a work event. But this officer pulled me over, and I I happened to be on the phone with Tiffany and our other sister, Tia. And I basically had a breakdown because I was so afraid of the officer approaching my vehicle and he being one of the officers who killed my sister, you know, and just the the interaction was just horrible. You know, it was just horrible. 
And um, to the point where he was looking at me like I was crazy because I was spazzing out. I'm like, no, you just don't understand. You guys killed my sister. So I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this at all. I'm not okay with you pulling me over. I'm not okay with you asking me questions. I'm not okay with none of this, you know? So, again, the the damage, you know, like it, it's sad that Crystal is gone. You know, yeah, Crystal was a taxpayer, but the thing that a lot of people don't even acknowledge was, hell, Crystal fought for this country. The reason why she has PTSD is because she was overseas and a mortar bomb went off close to where she was, and that triggered her and the schizophrenia. So Crystal fought so that they could even have a right to kill us. You know, like that's that's the whole irony in it. Hell, fuck the, the tax parts, excuse my language, or whatever, but the fact that she fought for this country, she risked her life for this country, you know, on another continent or whatever, was able to make it back from that and then to come over here and be treated like a da- worse than a damn dog on the street, you know? Like that that's that's the part that that bothers me so much. The the way in which the whole encounter happened and the fact that no one to this day from the city of Huntsville, you know, has acknowledged that it was wrong, you know, has offered any type of condolences or anything to our family. No, th- th- this is real. You know, th- this is we can't just get over this. No, some someone needs to be held accountable for it. And we're going to keep talking about it until something happens. I was just, um, I wanted to also ask, like, do y'all have any future events um, planned? Do y'all have any kind of, I heard Kinetic say something about legal, uh, legal stuff. I'm not talking about that. Like awareness uh, rallies or do y'all have any anything coming up that, that we need to know about that we need to kind of get behind and start helping you all uh, promote or do y'all have any ideas? Do y'all have some things that y'all have been thinking about that y'all want to share with people on here so we can kind of like brainstorm together and figure it out, you know, what can we do next because, um, you know, it's going on. It, it, it continues to happen and it's going to continue to happen until we, we right. the people stop it. Right. So we have, um, we, um, under the, um, our attorney suggested that we hire a PR firm to assist us with, you know, um, connecting with, um, people and creating, you know, different avenues to get Crystal's story out and to just even help with funding, you know, the legal action fund, because we're not, but we, we've not gotten to the place yet with them where we've been able to create anything, you know, um, ourselves. So anything that you guys um, can suggest to us or anything that you guys know that we can do, you know, then please, by all means, share share with us, you know, um, I do know that, you know, the anniversary of Crystal's death is May 30th, and I know that that's far out, but I would love, you know, to just even to do something to just shed light, you know, um, on that. Like, or or you guys seem to have, you know, have more experience with these types of things or creating uh, events, you know, than we do. 
So if you have any suggestions, we're open to it. The only thing that we would like to ask, you know, because a lot of times people tell us about stuff, but it's last minute, you know, and if if we if we can all get together and collab, you know, and make something happen, like let's say a month or two down the road, like we, we, we plan, you know, to, you know, for something for February or March, and we and we start planning now to execute it while they're, are six of us left as far as siblings, you know, we all have jobs, we all have families, and we have different obligations, and we all want to be able to do these types of things. The problem is is that by the time we find out about it, it's last minute, and we don't, you know, we're scrambling trying to get together to try to, you know, um, participate or do whatever. But we need, we, we need all the help that we can get. Okay, okay, that sounds good. Um, we got an event coming up in April, and that's closer to the anniversary, still a little bit of ways, but it doesn't necessarily have to wait until then. I mean, we just going to, what we're going to do, like uh, we're in contact with an attorney. He's representing the family uh, down in, I think it's just outside of Montgomery, Alabama. They had a family member who was also killed by police, and he's been doing some stuff, and he had a rally down there, and he had a lot of things. So we're, I'm going to reach out to him tonight. And uh, just bring him up to speed and share with him this uh, this radio broadcast, and, and, and he's probably already familiar familiar with the story, um, some of the things they're doing, and we're gonna bring him on board, and we're gonna follow back up with you all, probably try to set a conference call or something uh, at a time that's convenient for everyone. Uh, we also have contacts with a few people in the media, newspapers, and stuff. We're gonna reach out to them, um, and I, I looked on Tiffany's page real quick, and I saw she's in contact with some people that we're in contact with. And so we're going to reach out to just everyone and just, just come up because, you know, we've got to bring all of the families together that are going through this. Uh, we have we have a, a friend of ours. He's a member of Free Alabama Movement. He's incarcerated. He had a family member who was killed by police. Uh, we have another guy. His his relative was one of the ones. Um, uh, his family member, it may have been the most recent uh, killing by police. So there's a lot of people already we're, that we're in contact with. And so we're going to do our part to bring all the family members together. We're going to bring our attorney together. We're going to bring our resources together and figure out what can we do on this particular issue. If we can make it a separate issue and start having some events, um, going to Montgomery, getting out here, or if it just becomes a part of the overall, the movement that we already have going on, because this is a part of our platform too. And then we just make sure that we give, give family members and stuff enough time to plan to come and be a part of it. And then, you know, put the families of those who have been victims out front because we had an event in, um, what's that was, August. Uh, no, we had an event in June. I apologize. We had some events in June, and there are five family members here in the state of Alabama who have had someone uh, beaten to death by correctional officers. And so we had right. something for them. And so all of that's part of the platform. So now we can add these other different components to it and only make it bigger because, it's not just going on in the streets. It's going on in the prisons, and it's going on everywhere. Everywhere you see these blue uniforms, you know what I'm saying, disproportionately we're seeing black bodies being murdered by them. So, yeah, um, we're going to just get together and brainstorm. I don't want to just make no spontaneous statements. I want to be thoughtful about this, be strategic about this, um, and sit down, and we all collaborate with, with as many people at the table as possible. And so uh, we'll just see how that goes. You want to add yeah, something I, on I, that, uh, Kinetic? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, uh, Brandon. I was just about to say I, I really appreciate that, and I do want to mention 
that one of the things that has been healing for me, and I can say that it probably has for Tia as well, this past Sunday, we actually had lunch with Dana Fletcher's family, his wife, his daughter, one of his sisters and his mother. And we were able, I, I reached out to Sherelle because I was feeling alone and I was feeling discouraged. And I was like, hey, can we can we get together? You know, um, because it's good, you know, to have support of others. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's another thing to be able to talk with someone, you know, who is feeling the same thing that you're feeling, you know, who's experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing. So um, we're all for it. You know, if you can even connect us with other family families, you know, throughout the state or wherever, you know, who, um, <clears throat> excuse me, have similar stories, you know, who've had family members, you know, die at the hands of the police. You know, we, we love to connect because for me, to be honest, it's healing to be able to talk to someone and, and they know, you know, exactly how I'm feeling, you know, and they know why, I, you know, they know the why too, you know. They they get it all. So again, I I don't know. Just just thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate it. I I can see exactly. Uh, um, and 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 on my I think that uh, us bringing family members together uh, to speak truth to power in one voice is is a beautiful thing. But there's a flip side to it that just like you said, uh, that it creates a support system uh, for those to grieve together. Those who come from a similar situation who understand each other's suffering, others understand each other's pain, each other's confusion. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's, that's definitely something that um, I'm, I'm making a note to do because, like I said, we know a couple of different uh, scenarios and situations similar to, to the Raglan family, and there's a few people that we are, are linked up with who have lost a loved one in the same type of way. So we would definitely aid and assist in trying to bring uh, – those family members together as a support group as well as uh, to be a voice for their loved ones. That's, that's basically uh, all I had to add to that, Brother Bindu, um, because I'm talking about I, when she said the event, I was thinking of a, a balloon release um, type of event. Like we did at the parole board, uh, you know, sent out a balloon for all those who have died in custody. Um, but, it would be it would probably be a good idea to on the um around the time of the anniversary of her death or whenever the family uh wants to or choose to that there could be uh, some type of event put together where there could be some like a a balloon release uh with the family members who have lost their loved ones to police uh violence and to give them an opportunity and a platform to to share their stories uh but you know there's just some ideas that we got floating in the early stages but as he said, we definitely need to link up and, and sit down at the table and strategize on ways to to, uh, to to seek justice and to get justice for the Raglan family, the Fletcher family, and all the families across this state um, that had to suffer uh, the loss of a loved ones at the hands of those who were paid and took an oath to serve and protect. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely, that story definitely has touched me in a way that I hadn't anticipated. Uh, but we definitely committed to doing everything we can to uh, to help the Raglan family get justice. With that, and we want to uh, open I, up the mic if uh, for everyone who's listening, 
uh, if you want to come on and you want to ask questions, you want to offer some comments, you want to offer support, you know, show some love, uh, whatever, you know, please press one. We want to bring y'all on because, I mean, like she said, they want to get connected with families that have been through this. I can't even imagine what this this, this has to feel like, you know. Um, just, you know what I'm saying, just, just and the way, and, and what makes it worse is the way it's being handled by the government at a time when we're seeing this over and over and over again, you know, and for them to, to not receive any kind of justice, to not receive any kind of feedback from the city government, uh, not receive any kind of, uh, uh, of apology. And the worst part for me, you know, is the part where they don't even know who the killers are. You know, when someone in the, in the black community or any other community is accused of doing something, their faces splattered all over the news from day one. You know, um, when and so when they're justified or when someone's accused of committing a crime, they kill all over the news, you know. But now here it is on the flip side. No one seems to know. No one wants to tell, and they seem to be protected. So I think as a start, that's something that we, 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 we've got to make sure that that becomes a part of, of this agenda that we're pushing, that when these officers are involved in it, they must be identified, you know, because, like you said, they're going to have interactions with police for the rest of their life. And they're never going to know when that person's, you know, saying standing right there. And that's a chilling, that's a chilling thought, let alone a chilling experience. It's a chilling thought to think that they can be denied this information. You know, even though we know that ultimately going through this litigation process and when they get to that point, there's, you know, there's more likely than not, they're going to find out who it is. But why should they have to wait? Why can't they know right now? Why can't they know if this person's in their neighborhood? If this if this person is at the at the at the school where they're dropping kids off at, or they're somewhere? You know now they have a right to know. They have a right to know who these people are. So we want to open up the uh, the lines uh, for anyone if you want to come on, like I said, and, and just whatever you want to ask questions, uh, you want comments, you want to offer uh, support, uh, you want to share ideas. Or just to just to just to give a shout out to these brave sisters for coming on and telling the story. Max, do we have any callers at this time? Eight three nine five, your mic is open. That was me. That's me. Oh, Brady. okay. All right, Brandon. Sorry about that. Nope, that would be it then, Benu. All right, then. Well, um, without. I don't know if you all going to – I didn't know – I missed a part about the time arrangement. I didn't know how long y'all was going to be a part of the show, uh, how long y'all going to be on. What we're going to do, we're going to go into our first break, uh, give everyone to kind of catch their breath. And like I said, if, if you all want to come back on the other side of the show, you're very much welcome. Uh, you're in the host queue. You don't have to wait to be called on to speak. So if you got something more you want to add, uh, just, just come on right in. You know, we're dedicating the platform to you all tonight. And we thank you so much for being on. You're listening live to the plantation. Uh, this is your co-host, Ben Hannibal Rasan, Kinetic Justice Among. We're joined with the Ragnar family. Uh, their sister, Crystal Ragnar, was murdered by Huntsville Police Department um, in May of 2019. Um, and wait a minute, is it 2019 or 2020? Was it? Was it 2019? 2019. Yes, uh, May of 2019. Uh, they're on with us tonight, sharing their story. Uh, we're going to open the mics up when we come back out of our break. Uh, thank you for listening live to the live from the plantation. You look stupid. Cousin looks stupid. <laughs> 
zero. Before the fire brigade Attacked the oppressor with homemade grenades Pipe bombs of Molotovs Created for outcomes Shotgun sawed off Held by the southpaw Ski mask on The outfit of the outlaw Twy at my side and he's screaming out Fuck ya! Thirteen amendments to late to make amends Consider us chattel because we got more melanin Try to keep it in the shadows But we underwent Gave us crack rock when we salt enlightenment. Peace the environment. Ignorance produced me. Feel the emancipation when I jot upon this loose leaf. Put my two Lincolns, they wanna John Wilkes booth me. Cover up my death when on my corpse plan a Uzi. Show me your boobie. Why would God give me cage bird wings? My life is a confined to these acorn strings. On the Bible, blast the rifle that they aimed at king. Fuck school, fuck us. Where's the humanity? Hair blonde, eyes blue. She looks like a Natalie, but she will look at that too threatening. All cause shorty wants to wear my letterman. Don't treat me inferior. My life is a linear. Could never be a minister. My sins are too sinister. Life is Kenny being a part of the sandlot. It's sad that Chad would have been in our sandbox. Was I 40 acres for all of their labor? The government rather have me catch AIDS like a Laker. That's magic. Have my name an italic for that asterisk. Cause everything I say is problematic. Give me semi-automatic. If y'all want some ignorance, I choose my lady friends by who got the bigger tips. Rubbing on that kitten, did I forget to mention? Now she only like niggas, don't you love racism? Overdose up. Overdose up. Uh, overdose up. Bring it up. Bring it up. Yo, We're back on the flip side of the break. Welcome back, everybody, back to Live from the Plantation, where we give it to you raw, uncut, and directly from the source. No secondhand talk, no third-person information, straight from the source, live from the Plantation. Uh, I have in the host queue with me uh, my comrade, Ben Hannibal Rossun. Uh, tonight we've been covering a very, very emotional a story, a tragic story. Uh, we have the Raglan family in queue with us that have been sharing their their story with us, the pain of their family and the pain of so many other families across this country. Um, we thank them repeatedly, you know, over and over. We thank y'all repetitively that y'all had the courage and were bold enough to come on and to tell their story. Uh, and it's really, um, it's really uh, a story that touches close to home as, you know, we have a lot of comrades in the city of Huntsville. Um, a lot of my 
closest friends are from Huntsville and in that area. Uh, in fact, my girlfriend lives in that area, and, you know, we always understand that at any given time, any given day, that, you know, it could be one of our loved ones. So let's not wait until it hits home. Let's not wait until it's our tragedy before we get outraged and we do something about it. Let's not be the next Raglan family. Let's stop the process of creating Raglan families and families across the country that have to suffer like this. We have to commit ourselves, man. Um, most, you know what I'm saying, those who follow the show, you know, week after week, I'm going to be basically drilling home the point that, man, we are at a point in our struggle, inside and out, where unity is the only answer. We have to unify. We have to come together collectively and address these issues as one body, as one voice. We can't keep this scattergun tactic that the Raglan family over there trying to get justice, the council family over there trying to get justice, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We have to bring these families together and, you know, bring a voice and amplify their pain, amplify their voice, amplify their story until we get the, the correct response. And, you know, that's just, you know, I'm in my feelings about it. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm not, you know, insecure or any of those things that I can't say. I'm in my feelings about, you know, what has happened uh, to this sister who served her country and came back and was killed by the same people that she went to serve to protect. So, you know, all of that wrapped up in one, you know, it's just it's just an emotional topic for me. Um, Benu, I don't know, man. Um, you know, the more I see the stuff going on on, on the inside and how um, police are aggressively, you know what I'm saying, dealing with brothers on the inside and then to turn on the TV and day after day uh, we're watching as another family goes through that. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I'm just at a point now where I'm about sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't know about you. Man, I'm just like, you know, you remember? I know you remember in uh, 2015 when police jumped on me yet again and bust my head real bad. And so, um, you know, I'm just like, and, and, and follow back up. And I thought about the, the next time I had an interaction with police. You know, already know what happened and what the consequences was. But like, I was fed up. You know what I'm saying? I was fed up. Like, I, I couldn't take it anymore. You know what I'm saying, and so I'm I'm like so many other people. You know what I'm saying that's that's fed up. You know, but the problem is it's not enough people that's fed up. There needs to be more people who are fed up. You know what I'm saying. You should already have taken your last L from the police. You know, uh, we should already be fed up and had enough of them coming into our community and having their way. I knew that I wasn't gonna be the same after that 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 last incident when I looked in that mirror and saw. You know what I'm saying? I'm fed. That was that was the turning point for me, you know. And that was the that was a that was the, the chapter in my life where I turned the page. Like it's not gonna happen like this anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's just not. But it's not enough people who have gotten to that point where they have taken the last. They don't take their last lick. They don't take the last hit. You know what I'm saying? And so I knew 
coming on tonight, listening to them, how it was going to make me feel. You know, I knew what type of energy it was going to create in me because I don't know, I already got fed up with it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just so tired of us being at war with each other to the point where we can't even, we can't even begin to fight back against these people who are killing us in the street. You know, we had talked about a, 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 a drawing up this peace accord and having this treaty come together to try to stop us from killing each other long enough for us to, to, to stand up against these people. You know what I'm saying? And to listen to this story tonight, I mean, we have, we have one example after another. We have one opportunity after another. We have one justification. We have one reason after another, you know what I'm saying, to come together. And I just looked again I, during the break. I was on uh, um, both of their pages, and I saw the photos she talked about when they went and um, spent time with Dana's family and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Now we got families coming together for for these type of reasons. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, enough is enough. Enough is enough, people. You know, we ain't going to always be able to come on these platforms and talk like this and have these people to come and share their stories. You know what I'm saying? This stuff is not going to be available to us behind these walls forever. You know, and so if we don't get involved now and stop it, you know, which one of us is going to be next? Because they murdering us in here, too. You know, these uniforms, you know, they tell us that the Grand Reaper wear black, but if you black, the Grand Reaper wear blue. You know, so um, I just, um, when my heart goes out to them, man, it's, just a, it's, a, it's an honor, man, to, to be among sisters like that. They're so strong. They're fighting back. Um, and they're not, they not wilting under the pressure. You know, they rising in this moment. This is their moment. This is their time, you know, and they rising up to the occasion. They're, they're not, they're rising up fearless. And that's what, we, this has been the legacy and history of black women. You know what I'm saying? They've always been fearless warriors. You know, they've always stood up on the front lines. And so here it is again, another injustice, and, and here we are. You know, but I'd be discouraged, man. I'd be discouraged, you know, because of the lack of the presence of the men. You know what I'm saying? When it's a when it's a gang war, or it's some kind of some going down at the club. Somebody shoot got set on or whatever. You know, it's 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 so many black men. It's so many. You know, then we all we we come out of the crack. But here it is in these situations like these. You know what I'm saying? We hard to find. We missing in action. And a lot of people be wanting to to fall back or rely on the excuse that we all locked up. Well, we getting the same thing inside these prisons, man. You know what I'm saying? And we're not standing up here either. So these are opportunities for people to get motivated to kind of like press the reset. But we're going to come into a whole new year. We're going to come into a whole new year, and we still haven't solved these problems. So this is another opportunity for us. So for people listening and listening to these to tell their stories, please understand that this represents another opportunity for us to all come together. You know what I'm saying? we got to bring everyone together. Uh, to deal with this because that's what it's going to take. It's not going to be a pocket solution. So um, if you know someone, if you're listening, you have a family member that's been through this, um, you know, here, especially here in the state of Alabama, if you know someone that's been through it, you know, inbox us, reach out to us, send us an email at freealabamamovement.com because we're going to try to, you know, we're going to do everything we can to assist in bringing more and more of these families together so that people can see. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the legacy of this is, is too long. It's too long. And it's been going on for too long. You know? And everyone has their own unique stories to tell about what happened. They all have a different story to tell about what happened. 
Yes, sir. Brett Benham, I hate to interrupt yeah. you. Uh, before I interject, I wanted to add something on, but before that, uh, Max, I think uh, you said we got a caller on? Okay. Yes, sir. Great. Okay. Come on with the caller, Max. 2444, you're live from the plantation. Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, this is Savannah calling in. Um, hey, Savannah. Hey, y'all. I just want to call in and show support to the family, uh, Crystal Raglan. Um, it's very difficult for me to continue to hear these stories in the news and read about uh, these stories in the newspaper. Um, and I just wanted to, like, shed light. Like, I was talking to a family member a few days ago. Um, like, our family isn't super close, but uh, we kind of made a pact to stop meeting at funerals, right? Stop meeting during tragedies. And um, this is what I see happening, you know, when we see these police shootings and these killings. It's like, you know, we come together in these tragedies. And in the interim, you know, we're still divided. And I hear the pain, like, in these ladies' voices. And, you know, it just touched me. I actually went to a rally here uh, in Texas in Austin uh, for a young man, Mike Ramos, who was shot and killed um, by Austin Police Department because um, he he was, you know, they were trying to arrest him, and he and they just shot him, I guess, because they didn't want him to get away, and then claimed later that he had a gun, which, you know, of course, no gun was found. Um, and this was all occurring during uh, the George Floyd protests and things like that. So um, there were several things going on simultaneously in Austin. It's one of the reasons why um, the rallies were so emotional for everyone, because, you know, there was so much going on. But when we think about, like, calls to defund the police and reallocate uh, resources, you know, we have to remember that, you know, we're asking for training for officers for mental illness and, you know, crisis intervention, but we know that they know how to respond. They just don't know how to respond to us, right? They don't know how to respond to people of color. And so I'm not opposed to, you know, officers receiving additional training, but I don't think it's necessary because they're not killing everybody. They're killing us. And so um, I just wanted to bring that into the space and tell the sisters that, you know, if I could be of any support, uh, please reach out to me. Brother Benu and Kinetic have my uh, information and just keep on keeping on and telling your sister's story. Thank you. Thank you. And, and what was her name again? I'm writing all these names down. I'm sorry. My name's Savannah. 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 Oh, okay, there you go. Savannah, thank you. Okay, brother Benu, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I had I see that we had a caller, but you can go ahead. Okay, yeah, I just, I mean, I can conclude what I'm saying, you know. These have to be sort of like a call to action, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? We gotta, we gotta, um, we gotta do better. You know what I'm saying? If we expect to get treated better, we gotta do better. You know, um, a lot of people are no longer um, fooled by the government. A lot of people, you know, there's more awareness now. There's more awareness now than ever. You know, this happened before George Floyd. Um, we were already aware. We knew we knew things weren't right. 
simply because of what we had gone, what we what we've been through. And now more people are starting to understand, you know, with all of the video releases and all of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it, it, it's reached that point now, you know, and there's enough of us, you know, in, in, in Huntsville, it's a very affluent black community, you know what I'm saying? There are a lot of resources, a lot of good jobs, a lot of good jobs, a lot of good jobs that people have. We have a lot of resources, but I don't know where so we got to bring all that stuff together. You know what I'm saying? We've got to bring everything that we have together, all of our knowledge, all of our talent, all of our resources, all of our platforms. We've got to bring all these things together and use them as agents for change. And that starts with sitting down, talking, and having conversations, and planning and strategizing, and, and, and coming up with the best tactics to use as we move forward. So, I mean, um, just everybody, just, just, just please be aware that this could be anyone. These people... The sound. I mean, if you if you go and look at the photos, you look at the family. You will see these are not people that are out running around putting themselves in in these predicaments. You know what I'm saying? Um, Crystal, like she said, she served in, in in the U.S. military. She served and fought in the war overseas. You know what I'm saying? Her her mental health issue derived from her service uh, to this country. You know, she was over there fighting for protection. It's just like in Vietnam when when our brother Susan went and fought in Vietnam and came back. And we're told they can't eat in particular restaurants. You know, these people are barbaric savages. They put themselves first in everything that they do. And so there should not be anything wrong with us putting ourselves first sometimes. Let's put our survival first. Put ourselves first. And sit down at the table and, and come up with solutions where we're not worried about what other people think or how they're going to look at us or how they're going to feel about us putting ourselves first. Because that's how they stay alive. They keep themselves first. They're, they put themselves first in everything that they do, you know, and look how they protect each other. And we have to do that, you know what I'm saying? It's just it's, it's just a difficult subject matter to talk about, you know what I'm saying, for a black man in America to have to still keep talking about this. And, and then, you know, it'd be disappointing for me just, you know what I'm saying, to it's always the women have to be always leading the charge. You know, but the man always claiming all these different titles. We gangsters, we thugs, we go, we this and that. We want to have the, hey, the hey, final ben say. No. Yeah. Ben, no. Did you, did yeah. you read the, uh, I meant to ask in the midst of this, uh, you know, Dana Fletcher, uh, the name not really ringing a bell, but I'm thinking that it, that that's uh, Ludol and them cousin. But at the same time, I just read an article today about some Fletchers in Huntsville. Um. Um, where the police pulled a little young black boy, a little 22, 23-year-old black boy over, were trying to pull him over, and he didn't want to stop out on the middle of the highway, so he slow-rolled and creeped all the way to his aunt's house. And there's this situation going on, and the women come out, and they're yelling at the police about don't do this and that. And the police end up manhandling this woman. And her husband uh-huh. standing in the background, Saying, don't do that. Watching it. He don't watching the police manhandle his wife about protecting her nephew from being killed. She go to jail, her and her sister go to jail, but her husband stands on the porch and is less, he less vocal than everybody else is. And I've read this article and I'm saying to myself, what kind of man sits back and allows his wife to argue with another man and then watch the man ruffle up? And he don't say nothing to do nothing. Yeah. But, hey, you know, Kinect, I want to say this, man. Opinion, before that's we, what before made you, me think before you, Yeah, before, yeah, before you, we go too far with that, you know what I'm saying? We have to catch ourselves, right? 
we have to always be mindful. We have to catch ourselves because we can't beat you over the critical our brothers because we know what black people have been through in America. We know what the, we know that that's unnatural. We know that that's unnatural, and so that means that something has happened. You know what I'm saying? And so as much as I want to criticize, I know the exact thing. You, I know that I read the story to him for me with. As much as I wanted to criticize, I was sitting there like, dang, he, his comments was, don't do that, y'all stop. But you know what I'm saying, everybody is not cut from the same cloth, and so I'm not going to hold him to a standard. It, it goes back to the Dr. King thing. Everybody talking about, oh, I ain't with that nonviolent stuff. Well, Dr. King, that's all he said he was about, and he was about that, you know what I'm saying? So that man, maybe he didn't say he was a gangster. Maybe he didn't say he was a shooter. Or maybe he didn't say he was all these things. So I'm not going to be overly critical of him. I'm talking about the ones that's making all these claims and, and making all these rap songs and riding around with these big old guns. And, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Them the ones that I'm going to stick to them right now. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all do something about this. You know what I'm saying? Hey. And then we'll get to the other brothers. You know what I'm saying? Everyone don't have the same level of courage. You know, well, I'm going to stand down. I'm going to stand down. But uh, hold yeah, on, please, uh, bro Mac, bro Mac, uh, you had something you wanted to say, bro Mac? Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, I did, man. I started off with the story you were just talked about, but it's more than that. You know, the brother's standing there and they're dragging his wife away. Where have we seen that before, right? That's slavery, you know? How many men have had to do that as they dragged away their mm-hmm. wives and their children? unable to move a muscle because they know they will murder you if you do anything or you'll end up right in the cage or sold off right along with them. And that's what I want to say is like, we're dealing with real legalized slavery. How can you expect anything to be any different? They're going to murder you, murder you in the street. They're going to profile. You're going to hunt you. They're going to capture you. They're going to brutalize you. They're going to put you in cages. They're going to sell you on the open market. Everything that they would do in 1850, they are doing to you right now because slavery is still legal and in practice. And we have to come together on that. You know, we can't just, you know, jump up and want to fight when something happens to us or our kin. We got to be ready to fight all the time because at any moment it could be any one of us. That's all I want to say. Hey, that's what I love about you, Max. You know how to frame the conversation. I'm trying to put it in its context. See, country boy, see that you you got that. You see what I'm talking about, country boy? Hey, we all can learn from Max. We always always do learn from Max. Yeah, but that that's exactly what what, what right on point, Max. I'm talking about the conditions of slavery. You know all the things that went along with it. We still experiencing it in different forms and fashions, and sometimes in the same exact form and fashion. But we refuse to call it what it is. We refuse to call it the slave system, a slave society, a slave culture, a slave economics, because that's what it really is. It's a country that's built up on the backs of the sweat and toil and blood of our ancestors. And right now today, they have people substituting uh to do those same exact things. And, you know, we are on a campaign to abolish slavery in word, in fact, as well as in deed, not just to remove the language from the Constitution. That's a giant step. That's a big step in the right direction. But to remove it from the Constitution, federal and state, is one thing. Um, but we have learned our lesson a long time ago that de facto, uh, meaning that 
something can be one thing in words. Somebody can be the leader in words, but the de facto leader or the real leader or who the real shot caller might be over here. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That they can call this system a lot of different things, but when you get down to the nitty gritty, it's a human rights issue. It's a crime against humanity, and we have to start calling it that. And you know, people right. gonna argue with us and debate, but we got to do our research and study, learn, and know what we're talking about, and speak truth to power. Like Brother Max, every occasion gonna speak truth to you know power because he gonna make you understand that whatever situation it is. It can be traced back to this system of slavery. And until we do right. away with slavery, we're going to continue to experience these different conditions of slavery. Right. And not yes, just sir. the physical conditions, but the mental conditions, the spiritual conditions, the emotional conditions Even of slavery. Mark, that's, what, that's what stopped that brother from acting right there the way that he was supposed to act in his family. See, because the little nephew, the young guy, he knew that he was in danger. He know those blue lights represent danger. You know what I'm saying? That's something intuitive that kicked in and let him know that, hey, get a little closer to the house. Get a little closer to help. You know what I'm saying? And look how it played out. It played out just like he, his, his intuition talk, uh, told him it would. He was dealing with some dangerous people. So we got we to gotta, we gotta eradicate this thing in every form. Um, we thank everyone for listening to us live from the plantation tonight. We're getting ready to close out. Uh, we have some very special guests on tonight. Um from the Raglan family. Uh, they're here seeking justice for their sister, Chris Raglan, who was murdered by police in May of 2019. I think it was May the 9th, 2019. Um, and they've been on here sharing their story and they're fighting and we should have to fight May with 30th. them. You know what I'm saying? And oh, so, May 30th. Um, May 30th. Okay, May 30th. Yes, I apologize for the day. Um, and what we're fixing to do, um, they're our special guests tonight. They're, not, they're gonna, We're going to allow them to come back on and get ready to close us out. Um, give their contact information again, let you know where you can find them on Facebook. They have a petition. They're asking for 15,000 signatures. It's already over 13,000 signatures. I'm going on to sign as soon as the show is over. We want you all to sign. Uh, look for the petition in our Facebook group, uh, Free Alabama Movement. Look for it on our Facebook uh, fan page. Uh, look for it on our WordPress blog tonight. Look for it on our Twitter tonight. Um, and it'll be on our website. Our website is still being developed. We're getting closer to being finished with it. It's going to be everywhere. You know, everywhere you see our Free Alabama Movement, you're going to see Crystal Ragland. You're going to see Dana Fletcher. You're going to see all of the people that have been victims of police brutality being represented in Free Alabama Movement. We're going to represent people in the community. We're going to stand with our people in the community, stand with our families in prison wherever it's going on, because all of this is part of one process, like Max said, it's slavery. You know what I'm saying? We're seeing the federal government, President Trump, executing all these black men on his way out the door. What does that say to the Ragnar family? What does that say to the uh, flesh family? What does that say um, to to Michael Smith and the and the people who have been murdered in, in these prisons, Rocrest, Mac, and on and on and on and on, that the government is standing here Killing black people over here with a with a uh, death certificate. Killing black people in the street with a badge. You know what I'm saying? What what does that do to us emotionally? What does that do to us psychologically? To see the government make this type of bold stand and statement to say that we're going to take all these black lives and ain't nobody going to say no one's going to do anything about it. You know, it's it's just a recurring theme of it, it's part of the black experience. 
and it's something that we're going to have to bring to an end. So without any further delay, I'm going to turn the show over to the Ragnar family. Like I said, once again, they're going to tell you what all you can do uh, to contact them, to reach out to help, and we're going to strategize and figure out what we can do moving forward um, to, to, to get everyone together so we can continue to work in lockstep to solve some of these issues that we have in the black community. We got the talent, we got the resources, we just need the unity, we need to organize. And so I'm gonna turn it over to you, uh, to, to whichever one of you wanna go first, and, and you go ahead and y'all close us out on live from the plantation tonight. Tiffany, you wanna go first or you want me to? Um, you can go first. Okay, again, um, just wanna thank everyone. Um, for listening to our story, for sharing our story. Um, we appreciate your support. Um, again, to learn more about Crystal, um, you can go to www.justiceforcrystalraglan. Um, there's a link tree um, link there. There's also a YouTube video, which one of our cousins actually interviewed several witnesses um, to what, you know, that, that witnessed what happened that day. Um, I'm Brandy Robinson. You can friend me on Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever. Um, again, we just thank you guys. You see us out in in public, you know, um, you might you might see me on Facebook, but if you see me out in public, then make sure I know who you are. Because, again, I, I need that. I, I need to draw energy from, you know, our community, from the village. And, again, we appreciate you guys. Love you, and thank you very much. Appreciate you. Oh, I, hello. Mhm. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Um, I just wanted to say also again, I'm Tiffany Raglan. Um, thank you all for your support. Um, I as I'm sitting here, um, it, it feels good to know that I have some. We have somebody that has our back with the friend request coming in, and I know that. And I trust that it's for genuine support, and I feel the love. And, again, just like she said, you see us out in public, just let us know who you are, speak to us, um, and just continue to share our story. And thank you all again. This means so much. On behalf of Free Alabama Movement and all the brothers on the plantation, we send our condolences to your family, and we we vow to to fight and to struggle with y'all and trying to receive and seek the justice that uh, y'all family deserve. Once again, like I said, we, we, we definitely thank y'all for being courageous and bold enough uh, to come forth and tell y'all story because it has touched a few different people in different ways. And hopefully, you know what I'm saying, as we distribute uh, this podcast through Spotify and iTunes and other mediums that other people will hear it and be touched and hopefully get involved. Uh, we're trying to obtain justice for the Raglan family. So on behalf of Free Alabama Movement, abolitionists uh, today, you know what I'm saying, all the brothers on the plantation, we salute the, the Raglan family, and, and we, we we praying for y'all. Thank you. Thank you. And know that we support and, y'all too as well. Well, we definitely appreciate We definitely appreciate the love and support. <laughs> and it's it's mutual. It's mutual. Yes, sir. All right. With that being said, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight for another episode of Live from the Plantation. 
Uh, and for those who missed the er- the first part, you know, you can always uh, catch us on Spotify, Apple Tunes, you, wherever you get podcasts, live from the plantation, and share it with other people so they can learn uh, the truth uh, of our feature story tonight of the Raglan family, how um, they lost their sister to police violence. So I'd like to thank everybody, you know, for tuning in and thank y'all for making it be what it is. And with that being said, Max, you can take us to the house. No doubt. If uh, you're interested in helping us to end slavery in America, visit us at abolishedslavery.us. Until then, walk like a warrior. Living in hell black, a nigga can sell crack, but that ain't gonna change this thing. If you gon' bang, then bang for change, don't bang for crazy things. If not, don't bang. If you gon' ball, play the game how it should be played. Can you dribble a grenade to save your life? You paid the price, mama raised you right. Now how you ain't gon' fight for the white man laws? Hell no, but the cause because we gotta get what's ours. Gotta struggle for the motherfucking power, cause we're living in the last few hours. It's 11.59, I think it's about time we get on the grind and get out the carbine. We'll feed them a mind, we can see we can find them, we can spot them. Pop, pop, pop the pole nine, this is only a rhyme, so now don't get scared. Listen to the message in the word. Don't let your sight get blurred You heard this righteous word You might prefer it from a time out, time out I didn't say bug out, ball out, blang out All y'all sell out, get the hell out This shit is RBG, so bang on out uh, We people, army nigga, bang on out Gotta look way deep in your heart Anything in the way, gotta go straight through, take charge Can't hide from your flaws when you ride for the cause Cause a nigga will pull your card Keep your guard up 24-7 on the street Like you're doing hard time on the yard But you know about hard Can you assemble your heat in the dark? Take it apart and clean all the parts Life is a journey, of course Like learning a martial art You can't have partial heart Gotta give your all if you drop your ball, dog. We all fall, it ain't over till the problem solved Get your back up off the wall My niggas is riders, we fighters, we tight as a fist RBG's up in the fist
Revolutionary culture. Bang on out. 